0: this devotion has helped me to see that if we just give God great adoration and go back to, to Gregorian chant, that the enemy is just going to collapse because God will make it happen. Cause that's, that's how we win.
1: Hey friends, the best laid plans of mice and men often go to naught as we've seen so much in our world today. You know, When we try and fight the things with our own ingenuity, our hard work, our political campaigns, and so on, we so often end up with failure. God has a different plan. Yes, he wants us to still work and to use uh, the intelligence that he gave us, the hard work that we're supposed to do. Yes, we're supposed to do all of that. But first and foremost, we are to go by God's rules. And he usually makes it very simple. Do you remember when the Israelites were fighting as God told them to? But they would lose when Moses, while he was praying, lowered his hands. As he raised them, they would be victorious. As he lowered them, they wouldn't be. That sounds kind of odd, but that's what our Lord wanted. Our Lord wanted to show that the victory is His, it's coming from Him, not through the great fighters. And I'm sure there were great fighters among the Israelites, but He wanted to show that the power came from Him. So, Uh, Aaron and Joshua held his hands up and they were victorious. It's just like that throughout history and so often we fail our Lord. Back in the day when Saint Margaret Mary Alacoque was asked to tell the King of France, let's put the image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus on the armaments, on the shields and the weapons of the French soldiers. France will be victorious. Our Lord will give France victory. Well, for a hundred years, the king of France didn't do that. The kings of France failed to do that, and then came the French Revolution. The king of France, of course, was removed from his palace and eventually with his family and eventually killed. We had a similar thing happen uh, back in nineteen seventeen. Our Lady came to warn, to bring heaven's warning, that unless Russia was converted by being consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, that Russia would spread her errors throughout the world. The heaven specifically called on the Pope in union with the bishops of the world to consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Guess what? It wasn't done. It wasn't done for over 50 years. In fact, it wasn't done really at all until very recently Um, And even that 83 consecration that uh, was done by Pope John Paul II, it failed to mention Russia specifically as was demanded by Our Lady. And in that intervening time, Russia did spread her errors all throughout the world, and that's the same communism that... We are facing all over the world. It's, it's not only communism. It's a communism that has become global. It's manifested not only in China, but it's on all of the West. All of the nonsense we're experiencing with the woke culture is communism. All of the effort to make world domination, basically, in the most extreme form that was even imaginable, not even imaginable back in the day, in 1917, for sure. Um, but we're facing it now. Do you know, there was a solution for communism given as well. It's a very unknown devotion. It's called devotion to the holy face. It's actually quite simple. We're going to find out about it and why it's the key to fighting this battle against communism, which is worldwide right now, which we're facing. If you want to know the secret weapon, stay tuned to this episode of the John Henry Weston Show. Hello LifeSite friends. To celebrate the momentous overturning of Roe v. Wade, we at LifeSite have minted just under 10,000 brand new limited edition pro-life silver rounds. Each round is stamped on the back with an image of the Supreme Court of the United States featuring the date that the High Court delivered this historic victory. And on the front of our pure silver rounds, we feature LifeSite's logo, surrounded by brilliant sunbursts and draped with olive branches, and each round commemorates LifeSite's 25 years of pro-life, pro-family reporting in America, Canada, and beyond. These one troy ounce rounds are 0.999 pure silver, and LifeSite has just under 10,000 in stock. They're beautiful, historic, and forever enshrining the most important American pro-life victory of a generation. This first edition LifeSite Silver Round is the perfect gift for yourself or anyone you love that collects precious metals and is passionately pro-life. And each purchase helps directly fund LifeSite's pro-life and pro-family mission. This is the first precious metals collectible of its kind that is directly supporting LifeSite's worldwide mission that you know, love, and trust. And now it can be yours while limited supplies last. Get your one troy ounce rounds of 99% pure silver today by clicking the first link below and celebrate life with all of us at LifeSite News. We always begin if you wouldn't mind leading us with the sign of the cross. Amen. 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 Now, Father Carney, you've written this book, The Secret of the Holy Face: The Devotion, Destined to Save Society. That's quite something. Um, You know, in the intro, I talked about how heaven has all these methods for us, which are totally outside the world. Uh, The world has, you know, there's scheming and all sorts of the best laid plans of mice and men, if you will to try and solve the, the great problems of the universe. But heaven comes with very simple solutions, solutions that the world wouldn't think of that really put God in charge. How does that concept get spelled out in this devotion of the Holy Face? Yeah,
0: that's, that's a very good question. Jesus said, if anyone wants to enter the kingdom of heaven, he needs to become like a little child. And he held a child in his arms. And he said, become like one of these. So this devotion helps us to be a simple child, to fight the battles, because God revealed to Sister Mary St. Peter a blueprint of how to overcome the evils of this world today, especially uh, the revolution against God, which Jesus actually named as communism as part of it. If we follow this devotion that Jesus gave Sister Mary St. Peter who was a humble nun in the 1840s, then we know that if we do what God says, then he will fulfill the promises that he gave us. And this is just like in the Old Testament when the Israelites were slaves uh, in Egypt, they started to do what God wanted them to do to the note, and that's how they escaped. And that's a similar situation that we have now because it seems like the uh, powers the elites want to have world slavery and one of the promoters of this devotion his name is venerable leo pont and he lived in tours in the 1840s until he died around 1880 and he saw that communist manifesto when it came out and he said if these revolutionary men have their way, the whole world's going to be enslaved. And he said the churches are going to be closed up. And he mentioned this in the 1800s, way before it is kind of a dress rehearsal that we've seen in the last few years.
1: It's an amazing thing that heaven has these seemingly simple solutions. You, you see this when Moses raised his hands and the Israelite army was able to win and as soon as he lowered them uh, they weren't and, and you know he had Joshua and Aaron I believe holding up his hands very simple things to demonstrate to mankind that God's in charge what is the devotion to the Holy face what is the holy face and um, how are people to, meant to to engage with this devotion Devotion to the holy face of Jesus is
0: God. It give devotion to him. Uh, Venerable Leo Pont said that devotion to the Sacred Heart represents the humanity of Jesus, and devotion to his face represents the divinity of Jesus. Devotion to the Holy Face is old, but in the 1840s, Jesus gave Sister Mary St. Peter's revelations to give us a more specific way to be devoted to his Holy Face. And the object of the devotion that Jesus left with us is the veil of Veronica. This is the face of his passion. There's other miraculous faces that Jesus left like the shroud of Turin which deals with not the passion but the death. And then there's the Montepello in Italy which deals with the resurrection because they they think that was the napkin that's mentioned in the gospel when uh, Saint John and Saint Peter rush to the tomb. So in in these times Um, 1840s, Jesus told Sister Mary St. Peter that my father is greatly offended by two sins, and that is blasphemy and propanation of Sundays and holy days of obligation. So this was in the 1840s. And Jesus said to her, my father's not going to so much punish the human race with the elements, but he's going to punish the human race with the scourge of revolutionary men. So that's the main point of this devotion because we know there's a world revolution going on against God. It's a neo-paganism. But this devotion helps us to become wise because we see that God is actually the one giving us the curse. And he actually tells us how to get out of it. And that is to be devoted to reparation, which is restoring the relationship between God, our Father, and the human race, because we keep sinning and offending God and turning our back on God. So we need to make reparations so that his face can turn upon us and be benign and smile. And we need to turn to him and not turn our backs on him and follow the Ten Commandments. So one of the things that this devotion illustrates is how important it is to focus on the first three commandments. We almost worship man instead of God. He's, He's telling us in this devotion, How we need to make reparation for idolatry, which has even happened in the highest places in our church, for irreverence in the sanctuaries, and to make reparation for blasphemy. And blessed Pius IX, he mentioned about reparation, he said, reparation is destined to save society. So that's why I titled my book, The Secret of the Holy Face: The Devotion Destined to Save Society, Because Jesus not only reveals that to Sister Mary St. Peter, but uh, Pope Pius IX even mentions that reparation is destined to save society. Another part of this devotion is the three ends of sacrifice. So we know that they're um, adoration, petition, and thanksgiving. But reparation is one of them that it seems like we don't stress very much in our world, in, in our Catholic church So this devotion helps us to become very tender towards making that relationship between our human family and God to restore that. And the devotion is the passion of our Lord, and to think of him crying, and to think of him sweating and the mud on his face, and and the blood, and the crown of thorns, it, it just really helps us to become very tender towards certain aspects of his passion.
1: The origin story of this current revolution that seems all-encompassing, that seems to have taken over the world, that really seems we're at the apex of not only um, you know, the world domination, the, the, the goal for one world government. It's kind of been a dream for all sorts of people of power who thought they could you know, control the whole wide world. We're, we're there in, in a very big way, um, like the world has never, ever seen before. The amount of control that they can have over people, especially with the advent of AI and, and this delving down into everyone's secret lives, you're being monitored 24-7. That kind of control was never even conceivable in the past, and yet it's here. But even beyond that, we're at a point of heresy where the whole wide world is gone, much more so even than the Arian heresy, because in the Aryan heresy, you at least had one heresy. Now we have modernism, sort of a, it's all the heresies all altogether. And everybody at this point can see it. And it's coming from all the levels of the church, quite literally. So we have this storm and the Genesis story of that, how in the world did we get here, is answered in what you just said, which is super fascinating. Our Lord tells us, That it was the blasphemy and the disregard for the Sabbath day for Sundays as a holy day, really the offense against God in the first place. And that's so interesting because it also follows exactly the progression of how we got here. Many people think that, for instance, oh, the very first thing that happened was, well, we, we legalized contraception uh, and divorce, perhaps, and then it went from there to abortion, and then went from there to homosexuality and, and, and same-sex marriage eventually, and now it's just at everything. But actually, no. The very first thing we did was usually kick God out of public square, if you could speak to that part.
0: What we do in the sanctuary determines what happens in the world because the holy sacrifice of the mass is this, the offering of Jesus Christ, who is a perfect who is perfect God, to his Father. So it's a perfect offering to make satisfaction for the offenses that we as a human family have committed against God. So if we have in our sanctuaries true uh, reverence, like getting back to the, the old Latin mass, the um, things like that. If we really do believe that God is on the altar, then that is the source that will change the whole world. Just like St. John Moriviani said that if anyone knew the power of the priest, they would cry of joy. So the priest and a bishop, they're the most powerful people in the world uh, spiritually. It's just down here, we've just forgotten our bearings that we have to follow the first three commandments. We can't just make up, okay, well, God's going to Let us just do what we want there. No, if we can't get the first three commandments right, how can we get the last seven? So we got to go back to being more reverent, to overcoming idolatry with reparation and by blessing the name of God. You know, this devotion as devotions in general, make people tender towards certain aspects of God or his church. This devotion has helped me and the people that I talk to about it see the Psalms of David, and in the Holy Scriptures, the the holy face of God is mentioned 840 times, and the holy name of God, and how important it is to keep His commandments. It really has just opened that up to me. Because at first I would pray the Psalms, and these things would kind of gloss over. But when I got into this devotion, it's really helped me to become—I I should say—to see things as God does, which. The spiritual theologians say that that's wisdom. And when you see things as God does, you become very peaceful in a time of tribulation. And so what I've seen in this devotion is just helps me to see, wait a minute, God's behind all this punishment. And in his providence, he's so perfectly good that what is happening, he's permitting, is the greatest and quickest way for the greatest good to happen. So when I tell people this that are just like the skies falling and they're just, they're so disturbed this devotion and telling no providence is at hand here, it brings them peace. And God does not want us to be uh, so full of
1: anxiety and agitation because that's the work of the devil. That happens not only on this sort of global level that we're talking about right now, it also happens personally because a lot of people are in just... um, heartbreaking situations but to realize just as you said there that whatever is happening is god's perfect plan for us that the the scriptures are really real when they talk about how all things work for good for those who love him that what is happening to us despite the horror it is god's perfect plan for us that will bring us to salvation better and faster than anything else is an immense
0: You know, if we just worship God and give him, you know, I work for some Benedictines and Mary nuns, Queen of Apostles. They chant the divine office, Gregorian chant eight times a day. And, you know, if if we really got serious about re- giving great reverence to God and the holy sacrifice of the mass, it would change things. Because in the Old Testament, um, King Jeroboam, he was greatly outnumbered by the enemy And he put the singing men in the vanguard. What did they do? They were chanting the Psalms of his grandfather, David. And they were chanting, great is the mercy of God, his mercy endures forever. And so what did the enemy do? When they saw this vanguard of singing men, it was like their camp was destroyed and they started to fight against each other. So this devotion has helped me to see that if we just give God great adoration and go back to, to Gregorian chant, that the enemy is just going to collapse because God will make it happen because that's that's how we win. And we want to win for God. We want to give him greater reverence. And I tell people when I promote the devotion to the Holy Face, you know what, this is so much fun because I'm promoting God. The one thing that God created us for was right, is right worship. And so this devotion helps us to have a greater understanding of how to approach God with awe and, and to give honor to his name And it's a practice for hopefully the beatific vision for us, seeing the face of God Jesus gave us, our father gave us in the nativity, at the passion, death and resurrection, to see his face is a practice, is is practice for seeing the beatific vision. What St. Thomas says is the greatest gift God can give to a creature is to see him face to face. So this devotion, when I first discovered it, I didn't know how rich it was going to be. I've been studying it for like six or seven years now. And it just keeps giving more and more treasures. It's like you find a treasure box and you've just put the the shovel on the top of the box. You've hit it. I think that's where I'm at with this devotion. I can't wait to unlock it, open it up and see the rest of the secrets God wants to give us. And my goal is to promote this so that a million people get enrolled in the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face. Now, people may ask, well, "What, Carter, Father Carney, what is the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face? Well, it's a spiritual army that it was first a confraternity by the Archbishop of Tours. And he petitioned Pope Leo XIII to make it an Arch Confraternity, which His Holiness did by the grace of God in 1885. And some of the first members to sign up were Saint Therese of Lisieux of the Little Child Jesus and of the Holy Face, and Zelly and Louis Martin, Saint Zelly and Louis Martin now, um, her, her mom and dad. And this arch confraternity um, has six requirements. This is what's really important, John Henry. This is very important. Whenever heaven tells us to do something, we should do it exactly as it says. And Jesus told Sister Mary, St. Peter, I want this to have a canonical foundation before it's going to have any fruit. And that's when I saw that. I saw, wow, this is canonically founded. This is of the church. This is of a pope. Uh, It gives us these specific things. First, join the confraternity by enrolling. Second, there's only six. Second is receive the enrollment papers. Third is to wear an effigy, like a scapular or a cross or a medal fourth is to go to the monthly meetings fifth is to promote it and sixth is once a day to say in from the psalms Oh, lord show us the face and we shall be saved and then to say a potter an ave maria and a glory be and that's it and i tell spiritual directors and people that are interested in this tell your spiritual director if you have too much on your plate this only adds one minute a day and maybe up to 30 minutes, once a month, go to the monthly meetings.
1: What is a confraternity
0: anyway? It's a canonical group of people that has been established by something approved by the the hierarchy of the church um, to get together and and to unite on a certain front. And they usually uh, produce statutes of how they're going to uh, live as a confraternity. So it's con means to be with and fraternity brotherly to be with each other together so in the catholic church we catholics have a right to assemble together uh, with doing things of course that are upstanding and moral uh, because we're crazy we're a church so that's basically what a cop is and it's important there's d- different levels in canon law some of them are private some of them are public and then some become a diocesan right and then papal right so this arch confraternity obviously, is of papal rights, so it's the highest form of the canonical union of people within the Catholic Church.
1: Tell us a little bit about, about yourself and how you stumbled into this in the first place. Sure. So
0: I was ordained a priest in Wichita, Kansas in 2007. After six years, I took a sabbatical and went on a Camino in Spain, and I wore my cassock, and About a 1,000 people talked to me over those 32 days about God. It was really awesome. So I came back to the States and was discerning with my bishop what I should do. And I got invited to become the chaplain of these nuns in Gower, Missouri. And I said, I need to be able to keep walking because what happened on the Camino, I should take to the States. So I went to St. Joseph, go to Joseph, St. Joseph, Missouri, and I walked around for five years. And... Uh, people began to talk to me. And I, it was just, it came to me after six months that, wait a minute, this is one of the ways Jesus did it during his public ministry. He just started walking around. I did that for a while. And then one of the nuns, her name is Sister Scholastica. Um, I had started a community of men at the time, and I was writing a newsletter. I said, What should I write about? And she said, Write about the Holy Face. Now, this nun is very holy. She's not really allowed to talk to me very much, except like during Christmas and special times. So when she says something, I really take it to note. So when I started to read about this devotion, I saw that November 11th was a very important day of it because St. Martin of Tours is where this devotion really developed. And that's my birthday, November 11th. So St. Martin of Tours is a patron of this, as long also with St. Michael the Archangel and St. Louis the King of France. So, I've been promoting this devotion now for about five years, and it's such a joy to be able to do it with people like you. And last year, my Bishop of Wichita asked me to move back because there's a project that we hope to do with the nuns coming here someday. And I also continue to walk the streets, and I have a chance to continue to promote uh, the devotion to the holy face. So, that's pretty much my life. I walk around. Um, and propagate the faith, I say the old traditional Latin Mass, and then I promote this arch confraternity of the Holy Face and trying to get a million people before I die. And I'm inspired by that because St. Louis de Montfort wrote a book called The Secret of the Holy Face, where he talked about um, Blessed de la Roche, who was a Dominican who was um, commissioned by the Blessed Virgin Mary to pr- promote the rosary because it almost died. And he was like a second apostle of the rosary, and he died in 1475, but he got 100,000 people to enroll in the confraternity. So this devotion is very similar to the rosary. It almost died too. But our Lord told Sister Mary St. Peter that this devotion will grow cool over some time, but there will be some apostles in the latter times who will reinvigorate it and promote it. So I really feel like that's where we're at is people like yourself and so many people are getting behind this devotion because once people start to see how powerful it is and how it is is a devotion for our times because it's about the face of God the image of God and the enemy is doing things like wanting to cover our faces and it's just so many things like that and you know to fight against communism not so much with tanks and missiles and becoming a president of the United States or a governor of a state but being the best Catholics we can be God tells us in this devotion how
1: we can change the
0: tide of history.
1: Beautiful. Father, today is February 21st, it is the feast day of the Holy Face. What's the significance between that day behind that date?
0: Yeah, the feast day of the Holy Face is always on Shrove Tuesday, the day before Ash Wednesday. So Pope St. Pius X uh, wanted it to be on that day, and then Blessed Pius XII extended it to the universal church so that is the day that we celebrate the mass of the holy face and it's such it's a fitting thing because we have this this tug of war constantly going on between paganism and between christianity you know mardi gras and just getting drunk in new orleans and and eating to gluttony is is, is a pagan way of celebrating the day before ash wednesday but the popes were seeing this and they were saying no we need to focus on preparing for lent and why not prepare with the devotion to the holy face of Jesus, starting to get our minds on meditating on his face throughout the different stages of his, his passion? So that's why we have that Mass. There's more and more people that are asking their priests to celebrate it. Um, I only have the Missal page insert for the Latin Mass, so I don't know if it exists in the Novus Ordo, but it's it's just a beautiful thing to start. The day before Lent, uh, so we don't start off on a, like a, a a paganism type of a foot. We're Christians every day, not some days of the year.
1: Father, there's a there's an aspect that I wanted to get into a little bit more, and that is reparation. That is sort of the key to all of this. Define reparation for us, if you will.
0: Reparation means <clears throat> to repair the damage and the relationship between uh, the trinity and the human family so we can make reparation for our own sins reparation for the sins of priests and bishops for the sins of catholics for the sins of pagans for the sins of you know non-christians so reparation is something that's destined to save society as the pope said And it's restoring that relationship. So we have to remember that we're a human family and we're responsible for each other because Cain and Abel's story is very clear. When Cain killed Abel, what did our Lord, what did God say? You know, where are you? What have you done? Where's your brother? And he said, am I the master of my brother? I need to take care of my own self. And that's not a charitable way. We should have fraternal charity. So anyone that has a great um, amount of fraternal charity is a sign that they're in one of the highest stages in a unit of way. So reparation is having a care for everyone, wanting everyone to get to heaven, wanting to give God what is his due, which is called religion, to give God the honor and reverence that's due to him. So reparation is making acts of penance, uh, fasting, abstaining, doing prayers, uh, offering masses, uh, holy hours in, in the in the spirit of reparation and that helps
1: to re- return
0: that broken relationship between God and the human family
1: Father what an incredible way for us to begin uh the day before Lent to begin our Lent and um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to have a, a pancake or whatever else and there's no, there's no sin in that in in terms of also getting rid of your Uh, sweets or whatever else you have at home before uh, we start into uh into lent but um give us again if you would the name of your book how we can access it the book is called
0: the secret of the holy face the devotion destined to save society and it's put out by tan publishers and tan publishers has a website where you can go and buy it for them directly and then how you can enroll into the Archconfraternity of the Holy Face, the League of St. Martin, which is a pious association of faithful that I started, uh, we promote enrollment to the Holy Face, Archconfraternity of the Holy Face and of the Rosary. So if people type in League of St. Martin, they can go to our website and find out on the page called Ecclesiastical Enrollments so they can sign up for the Holy Face and sign up for the Rosary. And the website is called is, is www.martinians.org. So I hope that a million people will go and sign up and become members of this very beautiful army that Saint Therese of Lisieux is a part of. Because isn't it beautiful to have a conference, an we can join? Because she is definitely working hard in heaven. She's saving souls up there in heaven, and I think that. When more and more people join this, there's going to
1: be a, a,
0: a great a superabundance of spiritual favors that God will bestow on our human family.
1: Father Lawrence, thank you so much. Before you go, would you mind giving us your blessing, please? Absolutely, John Henry.
0: Dominus Hobiscum.
1: Et cum spiritu
0: tuo. patris et fibi, spiritus sancti super vos et mania et sempre.
1: Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Father, for all that you do, promoting the holy face, for walking around and getting asked questions to answer them for the faith. God bless you.
0: Thank you, John Henry, for being a host and having me on your beautiful show.
1: And God bless all of you, and we'll see you next time.